The Wellness Hub by Karen Kelly. So I'd like to introduce my guest today, which is Judy Watson, Nutritional Therapy Consultant. So welcome, Judy. It's lovely to have you on the show. Thank you. It's nice to be here too. So what's really exciting, it's a subject that especially women and men as well, but especially women, we're always on these different types of diet. And I know you've done a lockdown diet, which was published in the My Weekly magazine. I'm just really excited to talk to you. I think it's a fascinating subject because you must meet all sorts of people with a variety of, of, of dietary issues. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I mean, um, to be a nutritionist, I did seven years studying. I did an access course at university, then a, a degree and then a diploma. And diploma was important because diploma was looking at the sort of things that you probably won't get so much help with when you're going to the GP. So I'm looking at well, things like IBS, you go to the important thing is people go to the GP with maybe some digestive issues. So you've just got IBS, you know, nothing nasty to worry about as such, but it's not pleasant, is it, to deal with on a daily basis. So I've seen a lot of people with digestive problems, bloating or constipation and just feeling really uncomfortable. You know, I mean, some people don't leave the house because they don't know where the, where the next toilet's going to be. These are sort of very common problems that I'm dealing with now. Um, and a lot of it can be stress related, but it's still partly, you know, down to what you're eating as well. So and when people come ring up, they want to come and see me, I'll send them a diet a health questionnaire to fill out. So I need to because I need to have a good background of their health on top of their specific health concerns. You know, I need to know what medication they're on, if they're taking any supplements now, what health problems they've had in the past. Like people may, for example, have glandular fever in the past when they're a teenager and they may, then that will probably affect them 20 years later. So, um, yeah, so a lot of it is digestive issues, tightness, um, headaches, can be skin rashes. So sometimes people come to you and they've got half a dozen things they're concerned about, but a lot of it all comes down to the guts what's happening with your gut if your gut's not right it will affect the rest of your body you know and it will come out in your if you're not eating the right type of diet it can come out as a rash in your skin or as a headache so I think that's the important thing I try to get across to people is you know with dietary issues um, often it that's probably what's caused your skin problem or your headache so it's when people come to me I need to look at their diet and give them a diet plan that sorts that um, helps manage their gut but also um, works with their lifestyle as well because it's no good also giving people a diet plan that isn't going to work with their lifestyle so you've got to understand people's lifestyle and personality as well when you're giving them that diet plan. Mm. It's really interesting talking about gut health isn't it because it's, it's come up quite a lot when I've talked to other people. Mm. I was talking to um, a couple of ladies a few weeks back about anxiety and mm -hmm. taking antidepressants and serotonin and serotonin mm -hmm. begins in the gut as well so everything that's it yeah with our well-being all starts with a great gut health but how do we how can we balance that because there's a lot, a lot of people unfortunately are quite ignorant still about what they're putting 
in their mouth aren't they yeah yeah well the key thing is right come to see me I do one-to-one with them I spend an hour with them so I've got time to talk to them you know when you're going to GP you've only got 10 minutes and food really isn't there side of things GP just wants to know if you've got anything pathologically wrong with you but I'm like I suppose a bit like a nutrition doctor I'm just looking at what your um how to sort out your health problems by what you're eating of course what goes into your body gets digested and the protein that you eat you need protein for healthy hair skin and nails so that's another issue you know people worry about their hair and their skin and the nails because it's how you look but if your gut's unhealthy it will show up in your skin so do you find so, these common issues you know bloating or, or anything like that do you find that these common issues differ between males and females well, I think women are more more aware of what's going on. Unfortunately, you know, with our monthly cycles, we get more bloated around our monthly cycle, and yeah. that can be confusing. See, other women may have other things going on, like endometriosis, monthly cycle problems that can make you feel bloated. And people say, "Oh, yeah, I feel bloated around time of the month as well." But if you're aware of what you're eating, then even around time of your month, you can eat better to control your monthly cycle. Because I know when I had my periods years ago. Um, you crave a bar of chocolate, you tend to crave more sugar around your period. And I think you'd crave a chocolate because you want more iron and magnesium for energy, which many aren't going to have those issues. But talking about men and women, I mean, I think I tend two thirds of um, maybe women are my clients and one third men. And the men usually come with digestive issues, bloating. And unfortunately, sometimes it's usually down to their favourite drink, like their beer or something yeah. like that. So I think I'm probably things like that so yeah men will come with digestion bloating issues but they probably need a bit of a push from their partner so where, where women are more in tune because of their monthly cycle you know we're more used to what's happening with our bodies and things things are you know slightly changing from month to month and that can get crossed over with your um digestive issues as well so so yeah. i can help people with their monthly cycle as well in case that that's part of the problem as well so so let's talk about food intolerances then, because it's, it's all kind of, it all fits in together, doesn't it? Mm. Signs and symptoms, uh, and, and maybe talking more detail about common issues that we have, and maybe foods to avoid and what to look out for if you're not sure if you've got an intolerance to that type of food. Yeah, yeah. Again, with tolerance, again, it's often when you've eaten something, you can get bloated quite quickly or you can even suddenly, well, yeah, get bloated. And um, also even tiredness, bloated tiredness, and even weight. People, even with weight issues, um, the starting point could be a food intolerance. So they're quite common things, you know, weight, um, gut, as well as, you know, um, feeling comfortable and even a rash of things like that. But the rash may not come up instantly because obviously you've got a true allergy. A true allergy, you come out saying the rash straight away or you brush to the toilet straight away. But an intolerance is a delayed reaction. The, the food intolerance may not happen for, from two to three hours to two days later. And that's why people find it hard to work out what food is causing the problem. problem. So the intolerance is always something, a delayed reaction. It may be something from two hours to two days later before it reacts in the body you know and yeah so so yeah so typical gut problems you know from bloating um to tiredness um and 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 it could be even a rash that may build up gradually because again what's happening when you get a rash you're producing histamine so this is something i've specialized now and a lot of people often when you get getting a rash you're producing histamine it's the same as when you get stung by a bee but when you react to a food you're producing histamine which is a natural reaction in the body but it's not pleasant if you can't get rid of it so for example if if it doesn't come out for two days you could be eating that food more several times over the 48 hours 
Yeah, so if you're eating the same food every day, it just builds up and builds up. For example, if you have something like eczema, that is can be due to, you know, an intolerance like wheat or dairy. It seems a bit of a cliche that everybody's got reaction to dairy or wheat, but they're probably two of the most common foods we eat probably too much of. On top of that, sugar, sugar also is inflammatory. So anything that's going to set off inflammation in the body. So, you know, a lot of us probably have too much sugar in a diet from, you know, eating chocolate, cakes, biscuits, especially over lockdown, wine, these sort of foods will often set, set off a reaction in, in the body, you know, and often we're just eating too you know too much of these foods yeah so yeah so it's not always um true that you have an intolerance it's just that you're eating too much of it i think it's just too much of it sometimes yeah that's really interesting Mm. okay then so um what what can we do to um do we have to completely block out those foods and then eventually slowly introduce them or do you have to completely delete them well, I think it's always a good idea if you're coming with problems, you know, like rashes or bloating. I I say to people for at least two weeks, possibly up to month, but I think two weeks is a good starting point. If you start saying, oh, cut it all out for three months, people just aren't going to do it. So look, just try it for two weeks. Be really as strict as you can because you'll soon, nine times out of ten, you'll probably start to feel a lot better in those two weeks. Obviously, a rash isn't going to go down in two weeks, but your digestive system can soon hopefully start to calm down I think in two weeks time if you're starting to do the right thing with your diet and, it, and after two weeks you feel better you may as well carry on for you know with it for another two weeks so I say to most people around four weeks because I think any longer it's hard work for people and then I say after that then introduce some bread or, or some dairy and wait for three or four days for it to work through your system don't think oh I'm okay you know after one day I'll carry on eating it you know wait for three or four days for it to work through your system and if you've got no reaction, then probably have it twice a week. The main thing is when you introduce the food again, if you're okay with it, don't start to overeat it again. Try to, you know, most people basically don't have enough variety in the diet. You need to have a variety of what you're eating in your diet. So rotate your dairy with some fish, some hummus. So, you know, at lunchtime, quick meals, are maybe some cottage cheese or some tuna or some cheese. If you want, if you can eat cheese, you know, or you can have a mashed avocado, but try to rotate a little bit what you're eating then you're less likely to have a reaction to something and also have enough of the foods to for your gut to clear itself if you're not eating enough vegetables your system won't clear itself so if you keep con- getting constipated that's the reason why you're going to get a rash because you're not clearing your system so start to eat more vegetables you know with your meals you know i know it sounds um hard work but it's not if you even get a mix of frozen vegetables you know and at least get some fresh vegetables once a week and put some frozen vegetables in your fridge you've always got some vegetables so we need to start having vegetables you know in our meal every day and not just one portion try and have half a plateful with your evening meal and if you're not used to eating that many vegetables just build it up gradually and you know and chew your vegetables well chew all your food well we don't we chew don't our do. food well enough as well <laughs> that hungry. Yeah. so how, how yeah. many times are we supposed to chew our food before we swallow probably around 20 times and, and you know maybe if you focus on every now and then it is possible you know you need to eat your food slowly because if you eat your food too quickly you're more likely to get bloated and that's another yeah. reason why people yeah. might get bloated quickly because you're eating your food too quickly and your brain needs to tell your stomach to get on with the digestion release of digestive enzymes and the stomach acid and if you eat your food too quickly it's too much for your body to deal with in that time yeah so we've talked about with i know you briefly mentioned the common ones are like bread and dairy maybe Mm. even pasta Mm. uh, i know some people can have a, a reaction to um so what are the foods 
keep popping up do you think when you see clients that people have an intolerance to um well even things like um you know tomatoes when you think about it tomatoes which you don't eat seeds. in the summer seeds. yeah what well, it's not actually the seeds, it's um, tomatoes, a part of nightshade family plants. So tomatoes, peppers, even potatoes, mashed potatoes. I was brought up on mashed potatoes. They're part of nightshade family plants, so they can cause um, oh. digestive problems, skin problems. Um, I think we just eat too, too many tomatoes, and they come up as issues for people. Um, and, and also tomatoes release histamine, so, so they're a histamine food. Um, the other food... Um, fruit um well it's a fruit it's oranges oranges also release like histamine um and they can also be a classic problem with eczema so um oh, wow. you certainly find with children when they're brought you know you give your children a satsuma to have orange squash and the milk so that can be um a double whammy of things that are reacting you know saying children as well as even uh, adults you know i think okay. they're just classic things that we have too much of you have your fruit juice every morning the orange glass of orange juice it could be the worst thing you're doing so um well, that was yeah. gonna be my next question actually because people do say yeah i have my five pieces of fruit um you know fruit and veg a day uh oh no i put it in a smoothie so what are you what are your thoughts on smoothies because is it true that we're getting too much sugar we're squeezing the wrong part of the fruit into a smoothie so we're getting more sugars in that than we would if we ate it you know ate it raw as such ate it before it was frozen yeah yeah absolutely that's just explaining one of my um magazines uh, recently you know um, if you have a glass of fruit juice around 300 mils it's going to have up to eight teaspoons of sugar in it whereas you had one whole orange you get all the goodness from the orange and you're chewing it and it will fill you up whereas a glass of fruit juice won't even fill you up and it will spike your blood sugar so it could be even a risk factor for diabetes if you keep having too many fruit juices, you know, and, and, and also smoothies where it's just mushed up fruit. You're still getting all the sugar. Yes, you're getting some vitamins from it, but you get a lot of sugar and that sugar spikes your blood sugar and, it, you know, and it will also affect your weight. Now, so getting, I'm not. So you're getting more sugar because you're putting more than one piece of fruit in that smoothie. That's so you're not it. And you're getting more sugar from that piece of fruit, but you're putting more pieces of fruit in that smoothie at once. Yeah. That's it. And then you're mushing right. it up so it's absorbed by the bloodstream very, very quickly because you've all already crushed it all up. So a nice way to have a smoothie is because I do recommend smoothies to people, maybe just sometimes one a day if they're in a hurry, you know, at breakfast time is to say have some milk with some almond nut butter and a, you know a small banana and then you're getting the protein from the nut butter in it and you're just having one piece of fruit in it or you can have a great yeah so, so if you have a smoothie you need to put some protein in it from some yogurt or some nut butter and you have one piece of fruit not loads of loads of fruit just bounce it out with some milk as a non-dairy milk depending on what you're drinking you know having but you know so smoothies can be useful especially when you're in a rush because a lot of people are so busy they miss breakfast or they miss lunch so at least have something like a healthy soup or a healthy smoothie but you've got to make sure you have the protein with it to balance it all out okay so we're just going to go for a quick break we'll be back in a tick uh, and we'll continue talking to judy watson let me introduce our sponsor, Everything Genetic Limited, specialists in preventative healthcare testing, helping people to identify to see if they are at risk of developing common hereditary cancers and heart conditions. Based in Nantwich, Cheshire, they partner with some of the UK's market-leading laboratories, supplying revolutionary genetic tests to healthcare providers and patients 
for the detection, diagnosis and treatment planning of cancer, heart disease and other illnesses. One of their main aims is to democratise genetic testing, meaning everyone can take control of their own well-being and healthcare to detect any problems at an early stage, when they are most treatable. They also offer a COVID testing service which is on the government list, initially launched to support clinical partners who were unable to get patients in during the pandemic. This service enables patients to come back into clinics to resume all important cancer testing and is available through over 200 partner companies. They offer a comprehensive range of coronavirus COVID-19 test kits and services for individuals, healthcare providers and employers. For more information, visit their website, everythinggeneticlimited.co.uk. So welcome back and we're talking to Judy Watson, who's a nutritional therapy consultant. Judy, we were talking about smoothies and sugars from fruit before the break. Let's now talk about carbs, carbohydrates. Which are good carbs, which are bad carbs? Right, well, the carbohydrates... um... It's the refined carbohydrates that you get, say, in white flour, um, in the flour from wheat, etc. All the goodness is taken out of it. They take the fiber out of it. And they take it. They actually, when they make bread, they put the vitamins and minerals back into it. And they're now talking about putting folic acid into white bread. But you may as well, you know, you're better off heating your wholemeal bread where you've got the fiber in it. So that's slow releasing. So when you eat carbohydrates with fiber in it, it takes longer to digest. And the fiber goes straight through you. Um, and it fills you up for longer so you don't need to eat so much and it shouldn't spike your blood sugar so good quality bread um, like a pita bread or even a sourdough bread also it's quality of bread that you're eating you know, a lot of breads you know have a lot of other ingredients in them which yeah, aren't so good for you so shelf life that's it yeah and also with pasta you're better off eating again wholemeal pasta wholemeal rice so you've got to think brown it doesn't taste mm. the same i know i know so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, so that's it. I mean, if you're going to go for rice, you go for white rice. No, you go for basmati because basmati is a different structure and it takes longer to break down. So if you really can't cope with your brown rice, go for the basmati. And then the key thing is portion size. The worst thing is to have half a plate full of rice or pasta. A lot of people have a quick meal and even like a bowl of pasta. It's a big bowl of pasta, maybe a little bit of cheese and tomato. You've got no protein in it and a big bowl of pasta. So... Really, ideally, you know, for your pasta, you should really have more than a third of a plateful. Then you want a proper portion of protein from meat or fish, like 100 grams of meat or fish. And the, the added protein will then slow down the release of carbohydrate as well. So the other problem with carbohydrates is when people eat them on their own. If you eat them without protein, that will cause it to spike more. So I'm not saying, you know, never have your white, but you've got to be aware of your portion size and always have it, say, with 100 grams of meat or fish, you know, like a tin of tuna for a quick meal. That's the famous, all thing, out. It? the famous saying, portion size, portion That's size. It, yeah. So mm, if you're going to mm. make a lovely chicken tikka masala, maybe with, mm. with, with the boiled rice, with the basmati rice, mm. how much basmati rice should we, should we be having? I mean, how do you measure it in, in tablespoons or? Uh, well, I'd go for a small cupful. If you've got a traditional old fashioned teacup, you know, just a, just a cupful really, you know, and you're looking around 100 to 150 grams of cooked rice. I think when you bite, they normally say 40 grams raw. Uh, I mean, if you have a cup, you'd have roughly half a cup of raw or a whole good cup um, cooked. I mean, obviously some people can manage that, you know, a cup to a cup and a half, depending on whether you're trying to watch your weight or not. I'd say for people trying to watch your weight, they want no more than one cup of cooked 
rice and if they're not dieting a cup and a half so well yeah because yeah, when I was on a previous diet they measured it in tablespoons mm. so many tablespoons yeah. so let's talk about quick tips then for, for weight loss because I know there's so many diets out there I'm not yeah. going to name them I've done mm. several myself and they mm. do work but then you mm. can't maintain them then you put mm. the weight back mm. on plus more so I'm not saying to people to ditch the diet, but maybe quick tips for weight loss for people that are really are maybe get their wits right now. Well, be aware of their snacking. If they're, getting, they're having cakes, biscuits and chocolates, just cut right down on them. Have one as a treat and that's it. Don't have a glass of wine every day and a bar of chocolate. Keep hydrated and don't have any ditch the fizzy drinks and the squashes. Just keep water with you. And when you drink the water in between meals, it helps fill you up. So, yeah, so if you get dehydrated, you get more hungry. So always keep some water with you. Um, I'm personally not somebody that likes mm -hmm. um, fizzy drinks or carbonated drinks, but I know there's many people out there. So are mm. the zero, like the Coke Zero, that sort of thing, are they mm. better for you or would you still ditch those as well? I ditch those as well because unfortunately they have the aspartame in them, which messes up with your serotonin, reduces your serotonin levels, which oh. makes you feel more hungry and makes you affect your mood as well. So, um, so you're better off having some water and just putting some slices of fruit in it to give it some flavour instead. So, um, yeah. So do you so, say three good meals a day, or if it's someone for someone like me, I need to eat every two to three hours. I really yeah. do. So what yeah. would you recommend? Or is it a personal, well, you know, personal? Yeah, I, I do try to go for three good meals a day, but the key thing is have protein with all the meals and you'll find it full up. So if you have, you know, just Weetabix in breakfast, just eating carbohydrate, you've got to add some yogurt and some seeds to it. So that's the key thing with breakfast, yogurt and seeds with your cereals to make you feel fuller for longer. And, and at lunchtime, a lot of people make the steak, they're going on a diet, they just have soup and bread. That's all carbohydrate, ditch the bread roll. And you want to put have some protein with your um, soups, have some hummus and a couple of oat cakes on the side. So soup with some hummus, half pot of hummus and a couple of oat cakes. You've always got to have the protein at lunchtime. Don't just grab, you know, um, a salad sandwich because you think you're on a diet. You've got to have that protein. So Otherwise at lunch, you've got to go back, back and pick and pick, aren't you? That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And again, with the evening eat meal, some protein. I mean, if you need to snack, have some nuts with you. Keep some, again, nuts are good for emergency. So if you're running late for lunch, have some nuts with you, you know, have, if you go, um, go out and buy some mixed nuts, some mixed seeds, a little bit of coconut, a little bit of chopped ginger, mix it all up and it's quite tasty and just have a handful if you're running late to get in for dinner or if you're running late for lunch, it's something healthy you can have with protein and healthy fats and it's healthy fats. So people worry about fat in nuts, but it's healthy fats you're getting, which is important for your brain um, and it fills you up as well. So you don't need yeah, to avoid yeah. nuts, fat. That's a really great one to have, aren't they? Yeah. I used to be a mm. fitness instructor and I'd have nuts, you know, in the car kind of thing and mm. nibble on them you know, yeah. for a class or mm. after class. But if I have too many of them, then mm. again, they make me swell up. They make, I kind yeah. of get, like, I don't suffer with IBS, but I, it's as if I do. Yeah. Because that's what they do. Maybe. Yeah. What's too many? Yeah, I get, what should, how many should we, should we be having? I'd say around 20 to 25 grams, about 25 grams. And again, you've right. got to chew them. And obviously with nuts, you've still got to chew them well, haven't you? You know, so, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your fabulous lockdown diet, because I know we've come out of lockdown now. Mm. However, mm. A lot, a lot of people are carrying the colon at the COVID-10, aren't they? And Christmas mm -hmm. is coming. How about your fabulous lockdown diet? I think I do have it here because mm -hmm. uh, it featured in my weekly magazine. That's right, yes. Yes, so um, what I did with that, because I think people don't want to be told they can't have wine, they can't have cake. So the key thing is portion control. So 
um, if you have one latte day, um, as long as you're not putting sugar in it, it's not really a problem. One small glass of wine, the key thing in wine is you can end up with these massive glasses of wine. I think we need to go back to the old fashioned small glass of wine when you have 125 mils. We need to measure mils. them, don't we? Yeah, to measure them. So one small glass of wine shouldn't really affect your weight. And the key thing, as long as you're, you know, having, like I mentioned before, three healthy meals of protein with every meal, have your vegetables with your evening meal, and then you've got a little glass of wine. I mean, and try not to have a habit always having maybe wine every night maybe have, have a little glass of wine or a little bit of chocolate or, or if you make a dessert again it's portion control I mean I suppose it's easier if there's a family at home if you make a cake you cut it into six pieces have a little piece each if you live on your own it's a bit trickier you know so if you're going to make a cake and you live on your own freeze it so that you try and stop you from eating it all you know I mean I mean everybody's got different willpowers at the end of the day I and mean, things like a flapjack you can make a healthy flapjack and just cut it into slices and it will keep for a week but you put it in a um, container so the idea is you can have your cake and eat it as it were but yeah you've got to learn to control yourself not to binge on things you know and you've had three good meals already you shouldn't feel that you overdo it so as long as you've got protein with all your meals and some vegetables and some salad then you can have a slice of bread or a glass of wine but it's again it's a portion control thing so you know and it's better rather than get to a state where you think i've got to have two weeks with no wine or no chocolate if you just stick to you know the portion sizes then hopefully you won't get to that stage when you've got to avoid it completely the same with at christmas time you know i don't know what it's going to be like this christmas with parties i don't know if the buffets buffets are probably not going to exist anymore are they in the old days you go to a buffet and you put and a bit on your plate yeah they're the worst yeah. you can keep going back can't you and piling your plate high well that's that's right yeah i mean if you're going to be doing more social activities this year try to alternate your glass of wine with some sparkling water or put the mix the wine with some sparkling water for a spritz and drink it slowly obviously if you're driving that stops you but if you've got the opportunity to drink as much as you can i mean i think it depends how many social do's that you're going to and again even with cakes and desserts maybe what you can do probably say throughout at lunchtime it just depends say if you're going to some do I don't know you have some cake you know um occasionally I've gone out and met up with friends for cake and coffee and I've had that cake as my lunch you know just as yeah. a special trip you do it as a one-off but obviously if you're going to a Christmas dinner there's going to be lots of stuff really you know so try and go for some healthy stuff and have some cake but try and have a small portion you know and the yeah. problem is once you start drinking wine once you pass your couple of glasses you get the munches and you probably start eating exactly. more so 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 the key is basically to in, incorporate lots of protein in each meal that's and it then yeah. that's going to keep you fuller for longer that's um, it yeah and also cut out the snacking and i've mentioned nuts and obviously homemade flapjack maybe mm -hmm. but what other things can we replace our chocolate and crisp with then to kind of make us feel make our brains feel we've had that chocolate fix or, or similar that's yeah snacking. yeah what, what well do you recommend if you're at home um you can uh if you get some oat cakes some almond nut butter and a banana so you can put a teaspoon of almond nut butter on an oat cake with a banana and they're really yummy and that they're all full of high serotonin foods so that gives you a good good mood feeling and they're quite yummy i think if you start eating nut butters but in small portions that you won't want the chocolate so much because you're eating something that's nice and creamy and when it you say nut bounces butter, your blood sugar. Peanut butter. 
Well, I, I'm not really a fan of peanut butter, but I go for something like an almond nut butter or cashew hazel. Lots of nice nut butters out there okay. now, but they're nice and creamy. And if you're just putting a teaspoon on an oat cake, it's not going to affect your weight. It will balance your blood sugar. And then you put a little bit of banana on top, and I think it's a really nice treat. So um, I've got a question for you, because one thing I suffer with quite frequently, and I think, again, it's down to what I've eaten beforehand, I go for a run and I can run five miles and I'm absolutely fine. Yeah. If I walk that similar distance, I get, I can only describe it as a low blood sugar. And I feel like my legs mm -hmm. go to jelly and I'm going to pass mm -hmm. out. And I feel like mm -hmm. I need to eat quickly. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. what have I eaten that's caused that? that? That's a bit weird, isn't it? What, what just walking rather than running, you mean? Yeah, so, I, can I mean, run, I can run long distances yeah. and I'm not affected. Yeah. But if I walk the same sort of mm. distance, like a power mm. walk, like over a longer period of time, I find, not every time, but I feel I'm attacked by this. Like I say, I can only describe it like a yeah. low blood sugar where I go to jelly, I feel all clammy. Yes. As if I'm going yeah. to pass out. It's weird. Yeah, I think when you're running, your body then goes into a different mode where your body can start to absorb more oxygen. But when you're walking, you're not going to get that. So that's possibly something to do with that. You know, the oxygen's giving you more energy and it will be breaking down some glycogen from your liver store so running after you get to a certain point your body will start to be absorbing more oxygen but maybe when you're running you're not um, breathing enough to take in the huge amount of oxygen to break down the sugar from your glycogen to give you energy so the only alternative there is to take a um, protein shake with you you know which you can make yourself with some protein powder with some milk uh, and one piece of fruit and you can sit that while you're going along just to keep your blood levels more steady so um right okay that's yeah. a good idea because it does happen mm. and it you know i think oh yeah. my god i need to go home and, and eat and and so, yeah I so, yeah yeah okay so you've also been in other other magazines and you've also got like seven day diets that have been featured which is fantastic talk us through those yeah, well, actually, back it was quite a while ago. Back in 2005, I was actually approached by a new magazine called Real Mag uh, Real People, and I was actually their health expert. So every week, people would write in questions, and I'd answer all their questions. So that went on for the year, and then um, so that was a really exciting opportunity. And then from that, a lot of health journalists kept getting in contact with me. You know, so. Um, so it's mainly the women's weeklies I tend to write for. I did, I've done a little bit for Men's Health in, in the past. I did a lot for Yours magazine, which is probably not described as a sexy magazine for people 50 plus, but it's a good <laughs> magazine. And um, I've done articles on diabetes, you know, how people eating more protein, you know, can help manage type 2 diabetes. Um, lots of... Um, magazines covering things like improving your energy levels again it all comes back to balancing your protein and your carbohydrates um i've got something coming out soon i think it's in a quarterly magazine a lot of these magazines do quarterly magazines for the autumn so i've got something coming out on joint health so, so um yeah so and then, yeah just recently did another one again on on eating more fruit and veg because again the um latest thing um, now is eating more plant food for diversity. So when we're yeah. told to have five fruit and veg a day, we actually probably need to be actually eating 30 plant foods in a week. So that covers a wider variety of fruit and veg, maybe up to more, up to 10 portions a day. So I've been doing articles where I've been talking more about plant diversity, what you're eating and diet by eating more plant food. It actually gives your bacteria more diversity. And that's the very in thing that everybody's talking about now. Give us an example of some um, plant foods that are easy, accessible from our supermarkets that we can buy. 
Right. Well, obviously you tip it. Well, you obviously you got your usual um, broccoli and cauliflower, yeah. but also you've got things like chicory. People don't think about eating chicory. Um, you can chop that up and actually roast that in the oven. People forget about even things like radishes. You know, they're really good for you. Um, you've got your fennel. Uh, fennel's also another one you can roast. I think now we're coming into autumn, winter time. It's nice to have more veggies you roast. So try not just eat, eat the same veg every week. Try and swap one green veg every week for something different. Don't always rely on your cabbage. Maybe have some chicory one week, some fennel um, another week. And the other way of boosting your plant nutrients is using all your herbs. So when you make a soup, you could have a soup with five veg in it, and then you can top it up to 10 plant foods by having five herbs in it. So you can have in some parsley, some oregano, some basil, um, you put a little bit of ginger in, a little bit of garlic. That's five plant foods on top of your five vegetables and you can class that as 10 plant foods you've had in one meal so yeah that's good that's, that's good I mean I'm guilty yeah. of that I buy the same kind of vegetables yeah, yeah. broccoli you've mentioned it I've never yeah. fed my kids chicory yeah carrots, yeah you know um, yeah. leeks all the you know all the regular ones peas so, yeah. mm-hmm. long green yeah. beans things like mm-hmm. that but I'm not yeah. very adventurous I thought right I'm so, yeah. mm-hmm. going to start to um, yeah. investigate what what's out yeah. there Wow. Oh, do you know what? Can you believe we've been talking about half an hour? It's such a fascinating subject, isn't mm-hmm. it? And it's one that everyone's interested in. So, Judy, for our listeners, if anybody has any questions, I'm sure they will, or want mm-hmm. to get in touch with you to mm-hmm. maybe um, find out more about these articles and the lockdown diet, how can they get in touch? Right. Well, my website is judywatsonnutritionist.co.uk. My email address um is jlwatson65 at hotmail.com. Yeah, but if you go to my website, then you can write me a message and I can get back in touch with you. So Fantastic. Have you got any social media pages? You on Facebook or, or Twitter, Instagram? Yeah, if you just Google in Judy Watson Nutritionist Facebook, then I should come up straight away. But I mean, if you basically put in Judy Watson Nutritionist, you'll see all the, you'll see articles Everything. I've done, all sorts of things <laughs> coming up. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you today. Thank you for all the information. I think we've got lots in. I wish you all the best. Have a great Christmas. I'll certainly be looking at keeping things at a, you know, an even level and trying not to eat too much over the, over the festive period. Yes. Thank you, Karen. Good speaking to you too. All the best. Thank you. You've been listening to The Wellness Hub, part of the Appetite for Life series by Karen Kelly, sponsored by Everything Genetic Limited. If you'd like to be a guest on this show or interested in any sponsorship packages, you can send me an email, let's talk at karenkellypodcasts.co.uk or visit my website, www.karenkellypodcasts.co.uk.